Take the usual podcast hosting companies and you'll stay in expensive wonderland. Take the podcast of Matrix Hosting and you'll experience a completely different world of whole podcast library hosting. Choose wisely at podcastermatrix.com. That's podcastermatrix.com. When you hear the words Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition. Episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. The concept of flipping a coin isn't new. It's certainly not new to those of us in the Friday the 13th The Series family of fandom. And inside this episode, we find Johnny Ventura at the very center of some raucous action and hard decisions that make for the pieces parts of a very memorable episode. We're going to give you our two cents and then ask you for yours during an episode that once again focuses on a cursed ram's-headed coin, a wayward cop, and death. It's time for the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and always educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 3, Episode 6, Bad Penny. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, some quick housekeeping. The litany of content. Those of you that know Nick and I will also know that we are tethered to something called the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network, which is now in its 16th year of capturing content. You can imagine how much content has been captured over 16 years, but you no longer have to just imagine how much content there is. You can actually go and look for yourself. We're going to include a link over to the Two Guys Talking Library of Content that gives you art and titles for each of the shows that have ever been produced inside of the cone of two guys talking and it's an achievement but more importantly it's a giant cone of information and entertainment for all of you guys that we'll link to inside the show notes for this episode over at the curious goods podcast website that's curiousgoodspodcast.com you can also access the listing over at the main website for two guys talking two guys talking.com that's the number two guys talking.com covid19 education I know, I know it was all supposed to end on January 1st because, well, that's what 2021 is supposed to do for us. But, alas, that's not how it works inside the vein of viruses. Or reality. Or reality, right. And I want everyone to get educated about COVID-19 so that you've got not only the best life, but are creating the best atmosphere around you. And to do that, I think you can use a program that I just participated in over at the digitallydispatched.com podcast. That's the real life police dispatcher, Lisa Moore, who had in 
uh, chief of police herself, again, a police dispatcher, but then also an infectious disease specialist from a local hospital complex to talk all about the questions, the answers, and the education everybody listening should have. Mm. We'll link to it inside the show notes for this episode. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to it, not because I want to preach, not because I want to drone and bore you, but because it's never been more important to be educated about how to prevent, but also what happens if you have to jump into the COVID-19 pool. Go check that out over at digitallydispatch.com. But again, we'll also have links over at the show notes over at the Curious Goods Podcast website at curiousgoodspodcast.com. Nick, enough of the housekeeping. It's time to take it to the house during the retail of this episode, season three, episode six of Friday the 13th, the series. Previously, on Friday the 13th, the series. We see the end of an incredibly good and precious episode, where at the end, there's an earthquake, tons of shaking, and a coin falls. Rubble finds its way downward, and inside the dust and destruction is the ram's-headed coin! You know, it's not every episode that ties to a previous one, but if you're gonna wrap yourself in an awesome previously seen episode, it better have a ram's-headed coin in it! Fast forward to an excavation crew who are churning out the previously destroyed temple slash taxidermy shop. And two contractors decide to skirt their responsibilities when <gasps> finding a corpse, a bony corpse. They dump the coin in the destruction into I don't care land. Later that evening, inside a K-car, disguised as an unmarked police cruiser, two apparently disreputable cops are waiting for a drug dealer named Coslo to arrive. It would seem that these cops have a plan. Instead of busting their asses for the next 30 years, they're going to steal some drug money and retire in style. To that, they say, Time to nail the bastard. They emerge from their squad car, guns drawn. Coslo walks quietly, spryly with his briefcase, and exchanges it for another, filled with cocaine. Ah, uh, the 80s. As he departs, the two dirty cops find an empty briefcase. A gunfight ensues. One cop, the younger one, is shot in the head, dead. The elder cop gets the drop on Coslo and shoots him in the leg, like all cops should, I guess. Even dirty ones. He stands over the now broken drug dealer, and as he offers a chance at life, he spies a glowing golden coin. He grabs it up and says, Wanna flip for it? Unfortunately, Coslo ain't long for this world. The elder dirty cop, by the way his name is Gorman, flips the coin. It lands and illuminates and then shoots a bolt of golden not-so-awesome into the forehead of Coslo, killing him. And if you'll remember, that then powers the coin for something else. But that's not important right now. The dirty murderous cop again grabs the coin and wonders, what does the future hold for him with the coin in his possession? Over at the Curious Kids Antique Shop, Johnny's looking at a picture of his now dead father. Jack and Mickey head off to an event someplace, and Johnny reminisces. Jack and Mickey will be back tonight before midnight. What could possibly go wrong? 
Inside the police precinct, the duty sergeant is going over the report that Gorman, the dirty, murderous cop, has filed. They discuss another situation that had exactly the same characteristics, but that case went cold. Gorman goes back to the beat. A dirty, an evil beat, that is. Late that night as Jack and Mickey return from their event, Johnny is catching up on the news. They all are witness to a segment that talks about <gasps> a satanic cult <gasps> and the possible involvement of a ram's-headed coin. Mickey freaks out and runs away. What coin? Wonders Johnny. The coin of Zyocles. A while back, we were tracking down the coin. It had fallen in the hands of a death cult, and it killed Mickey. We were able to trick the cultists into using the coin to bring her back, but we lost the coin, and it's left an indelible mark on Mickey. Jack details everything for Johnny and the audience. You see, Jack thought that the coin was covered by the temple debris, but alas, someone has apparently uncovered that which should have never been recovered. Down inside the Canadian police evidence locker, Gorman is sorting through the previous cold case files to find out more information about the ram's headed markings. Suddenly, he has a light bulb moment. Or gas. You can't really tell. Jack visits with Mickey, who is now scared, tucked into her bedroom remembering the past and death. She's concerned that the coin will kill her again. Jack tries to convince Mickey that they need to hunt down the coin. Again! Mickey, we need to hunt down the coin. Again. Gorman is reading more details, this time from news clippings inside his apartment, about the coin. So when the coin kills, you can then raise the dead. Gorman decides to take a trip down to the morgue. He's looking for a body amongst the litany of dead people and finds his partner, Briggs. He takes the ram-headed coin of Zyocles and puts it onto Briggs' forehead. And Briggs awakens to become... Zombie Briggs. Welcome back, partner. Jack, Johnny, and Mickey arrive at the previous temple site where construction is ongoing. Jack's going to look around. Mickey and Johnny will just kind of sit and ponder what happens during this episode. However, you know what? It's time for a flashback! Mickey tries to explain the flashback and just says, I died. Knowing the pain of losing a loved one, namely his father, you know, Vince Ventura the cop. Also in a previous episode, Johnny wonders what death was like. You see, Mickey could feel Satan. He was there, waiting for her. Johnny tries to convince her that the coin is buried and gone, but she can't stomach being at the site any longer. She heads back to the store. On foot? That's a long walk. Gorman and... Dombey Briggs. They're discussing the plan. You see, they're going to resurrect Coslo to learn the location of the drug money, and then retire. But first, a death. Time to kill Rita the happy but unreliable lying hooker to pay her back get the money, and then retire. Zombie Briggs agrees. <sighs> Jack returns to the rolls. The bins. To find Mickey gone and Johnny wanting to get more involved. 
You see, Johnny will ask his cop buddies, friends of his now dead fathers, to see what's going on down at the precinct. Johnny heads down to the station to get more intel. Gorman overhears Johnny asking questions as the duty sergeant encourages Johnny to stick around and have a cup of coffee and to access the secure server when nobody's looking for more information that he has no business having. After the duty sergeant leaves, Johnny uses the wide open terminal inside the station to get the address for Gorman. Mickey overhears Jack and Johnny going over the details and they begin talking game plan. Gorman and Zombie Briggs head out to find Rita, the happy but unreliable lying hooker who's gotta die to power up the coin. Johnny, sitting outside the station, sees Zombie Briggs and Gorman climb into the squad car and head to the Hookerville of Canada. They grab Rita, the happy but unreliable lying hooker, and toss her into the back of the squad car and head even further downtown. Once they arrive in a dark and nondescript warehouse meatpacking district area, Rita the happy but unreliable lying hooker thinks that it's two for one night, when in reality, the only deal she'll be witnessing is death. You gotta pay extra for that. Rita becomes the next victim of the coin, and the only head in play here is the ram's head. A golden bolt strikes her in the forehead and sends her flying. She is now not only not happy, no longer unreliable, not lying, she is dead. Mmm, zombie Briggs. Grabs the hooker's dead body at Gorman's behest and prepares to dump the body. Suddenly, Johnny accosts Gorman and is able to take the coin and run. He dodges gunfire and faints and escapes. Mickey is back inside the shop, once again crying inside this episode, writing a letter to Ryan, you guessed it, a letter that will help him understand what's going on after she's dead. Mickey is stuck in a rut, a negative one that is beginning to expand beyond the coin and even into this review. You see, she's sure that there's no escape. Jack consoles her. Johnny then arrives back to the store and is just about to tell Jack and Mickey about the recent acquisition and then remembers his dead father. Hmm, is this a chance to resurrect him? We snap to the grave of Officer Ventura, where Johnny is digging in. He's able to unearth and finds a reasonably fresh-looking Daddy Ventura. After reading the instruction book for the coin, he puts the coin on dead daddy's forehead and... Daddy rises! Pop! Dead daddy Ventura's eyes are glazed over, as if, you know, he's kind of been dead for the last year and a half. Johnny, what's going on? Johnny and his dead, now not dead father have a short conversation about life, death, and he wonders... Did you find anyone special? Someone will come along like your ma. When it happens, you'll know it. As dead Daddy Ventura enjoys the lively banter, Johnny begins wondering, what has he done? Gorman and Briggs arrive at the opened grave of Officer Ventura and realize they have to find Johnny. Jack and Mickey find the gone fishing note left by Johnny, who calls and then tells them that he's going to handle the coin situation. 
Jack and Mickey mobilize to go stop Gorman and Zombie Briggs. Because they must be stopped! Gorman and Zombie Briggs arrive at Johnny's apartment and ransack the place looking for the coin! They find the photo of Johnny at Indian Lake with his now dead father. And surprise, that's where Johnny and dead Daddy Ventura have gone. Wow, that's so convenient. To the squad car they go. At the campsite at Indian Lake, in front of a roaring campfire, Johnny and dead Daddy Ventura are talking about life, death, and everything else. Well, it just passes. As the conversation continues, dead Daddy Ventura wonders... Where's your ma? Suddenly, Gorman and Zombie Briggs arrive and Johnny says, Let's flip for it. Johnny's dad heads for the car. The officers begin shooting and once again, Johnny flees amid gunfire. But he's dropped the coin. Zombie Briggs is now dedicated to killing Johnny, but Gorman insists to stick to the plan. To resurrect Coslo. Zombie Briggs ain't having none of it and now he wants the coin. Zombie Briggs shoots and kills Gorman and takes the coin. Mickey and Jack arrive at Johnny's raided apartment and then Johnny shows up with Dead Daddy Ventura. They can't believe what Johnny's done, but that doesn't matter now. Where is the coin? He states that Gorman's got it and they head to the one graveyard in Canada where all criminals go. You know, where everyone in Canada gets buried. As Mickey and Jack leave, Jack scolds Johnny and says, You stay out of this, and out of everything else we do. At the incredibly popular and populated cemetery, Mickey and Jack find an abandoned, unmarked police car, but don't instantly see the shovel that knocks out Jack. Zombie brings across Mickey with the coin of Zyocles. Mickey begins to scream as he prepares to flip the coin and end her life again. Her thud! Zombie Briggs careens skyward after being hit by a car driven by the young and daring Johnny Ventura. This disrupts the coin death once again planned for Mickey, who isn't quite sure what just happened again. Johnny gets out to make sure that Mickey is all right. She is! And then Zombie Briggs uses the squad car to try and mow both of them down in return. Mickey and Johnny are running across the widest swath inside the cemetery. Zombie Briggs dismounts the vehicle and begins chasing Johnny. Shots ring out as Johnny dodges from tombstone to tombstone. And then Zombie Briggs turns his attention to Mickey again, who has fallen into an open gravesite. He prepares to flip the coin and is again interrupted by Johnny, this time with a spear. Not a pointy spear, but the wrestling move spear. Zombie Briggs drops the coin. Mickey and Zombie Briggs fight over the coin. Mickey, in a fit of rage, grabs an appropriately placed shovel inside the grave and clubs Zombie Briggs over the head repeatedly and eventually reclaims the coin. Let's be perfectly clear. She killed Zombie Briggs. But it's okay, he was a zombie, so it doesn't really count as murder. Right, and none of that's important right now, because... Jack wobbles towards Johnny and Mickey and says... It's all over. But, unfortunately, it's not all over. Dead Daddy Ventura wanders into screen and wonders... Johnny, what's going on? What about your ma? Is she okay? When do I get to see her? 
Johnny can't summon the strength to kill his father again. Mickey hands over the coin to Johnny, who then asks Jack, Is he going to heaven? Your father earned his place in paradise before this cursed item entered his life. Nothing can take that away. Dead Danny Ventura knows that he doesn't belong here in this world. And Johnny flips the coin in his general direction. It flies into the air and lands onto the grass. It begins to glow. Again, the golden glow that is a beacon of summoning a spirit to the hereafter. And hereafter, dead Daddy Ventura's spirit goes. Johnny once again cries for his dead again father asking, What have I done? Now that Dead Daddy Ventura is dead, again, the cursed object inside this episode is... Recovered! The next day, Jack wonders how Mickey is doing. Johnny's reflecting on his father's life and deaths, and that he's now been allowed to rest in peace. Again. Johnny just doesn't know how to deal with all of the efforts and the curious goods, and Mickey asserts that the missions that they partake in are the piece of the fabric that will keep them together. Always. Every episode of Friday the 13th has goods and bads. Time to focus on the good. The roller coaster of twists and turns. There are few things that satisfy Mike Wilkerson's brain than things I do not even remotely think of happening, much less being shown to me inside of an episode. And I love the twisty turn roller coaster we get mm-hmm. inside this episode. It's not laid out. It's not a copy of the previous episode at all. No, no. The the character development and twists that we get inside of this are all, I, I couldn't guess any of them. Mm-hmm. With maybe the, the one standout of Jack, who is kind of the always available information dump guy. But, I mean, that's his character. But that's his character. Yeah, that's his character. And even that, not always. Sometimes it does change. Yeah, true. But uh, he's he might be the one constant that if we had something constant, I'll take that. I don't have any problem mm-hmm. with that. Everybody else, however, completely thrown to the wind, and I love that. Mm. I love being able to take on things that are new character development that give us instantly a new story that's always on the edge of, I don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. I really enjoy that. Besides Jack, and and maybe there was a little bit with Jack, but, uh, but I think especially with Mickey and Johnny, you get more character development you get you get to peel back a couple of more layers and really get to understand their characters a little bit more which is great again this early on in season three watching one of the team being corrupted by the spoils of a cursed object this is great not only does it help character development Mm -hmm. it also gives even more of that that spirit that that characteristic, I don't know what to call it, of the collection of stuff that they are collecting. Mm. And again, the, the bolstering of that is easily a character that can be developed just like any of the other people that we meet that are physical characters inside the show. Mm. I really enjoyed that aspect of this episode. This is a perfect example. Uh, well, I mean, you go back to Crippled Inside, mm. which yeah. was also yeah. very challenging for Johnny. It's how do I deal with these cursed objects, and is could there be a good side to them? And in his mind, yeah, there there can be good that can come out of using them. But then, of course, no, 
There's nothing ever good that comes out of using a cursed item, except for Mickey coming back to life. I think something else, too, that if this series could have had a longer run, maybe we could have revisited that also. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah. That's kind of what I mean is that all, all the all the playing cards that are used here that are just flipped out and instantly build a, a cornucopia that you get to take a bite of whatever you want. I really enjoyed that aspect of this episode. And I can understand how people, fans of the show, would look at season three and and dislike Johnny because so far... Johnny's made a lot of bad choices for the right reasons, but, you know, the the good intentions, well, the road to hell is paved in good intentions. Mm -hmm. So I can understand how some fans would go, well, Ryan would never do something like that. Well, you're probably right. Yeah, Ryan probably wouldn't do something like that because he is experienced where Johnny is not. And that's the whole point, I think, of the Johnny character now in season three is he's the everyman like us. What would we do? Somebody who does not know the occult. Somebody's just kind of thrust the, into this. The, the lay person. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah, I, and, I, and I enjoy seeing episodes like this I where, do that, where that's focused on. I also like when we get to see at least some of the consequences mm-hmm. of making choices like that. And this one's rife with them. Adding to the legacy of a previous episode. Doesn't matter what series it is. Doesn't matter what avenue the program appears on. If you can build on a previous episode, man, do it. Mm-hmm. But just do it well. Do it well. And I thought this one was phenomenal in regard to building to and adding to a legacy of a previous episode because we get everything that was great inside that episode, and then you get more story. Right, right. Loved well, it. Unlike what they did with our previous returning cursed object, uh, the, the Vanity's Mirror the little compact, mm-hmm. you know, Vanity's Mirror, that episode, holy crap, probably still stands up as one of the best episodes of the series, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. But then when it returned and the rules changed on how you use the mirror, eh, it, it didn't really it didn't really translate well. It was still a decent enough episode, but for a return item... This right here, Bad Penny takes the cake of, of building on a legacy of a previous episode. Those are the goods we found inside this episode. What did you think was good inside this episode? Let us know what you think by going over to our website over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. Every episode of Friday the 13th comes with goods and bads. We've covered the goods. Now let's take a look at the not so goods. The convenience of it all. I know we've talked about it, and we've talked about it. It's it's the time period of which this show is, and I mean, you go back to any show from this time period, mm-hmm. and you're go- we're, you're still going to have this conversation of how. You've got to get your characters from point A to point B within a certain amount of time so you can't overcomplicate things. Totally understand. But you can try to make it at least a little bit difficult for people to find out information instead of, oh, look at this conveniently placed picture that actually has the location printed on the bottom of it. And there is so many examples of things just being way too convenient in this episode that for us, we're seeing it and we're commenting about it as we're watching the episode because it's so blatantly obvious. 
I don't want to say it takes me out of the story completely, but it definitely pauses my attention span to go, wow, I think I probably could have written something in two sentences that uh, would have been a little bit better. And then isn't that always the frustrating piece of all of this? Yeah. Is that with just a couple of lines couple of, of extra writing, lines, yeah. it, it, all of those things can really disappear. And it, it's where, not so much in a show like this, but there are many other shows where there are long, usually drawn out yet dramatic looks through a camera where there's some sort of rig being used to capture something that looks really, really cool inside the screen. Mm -hmm. Other programs are able to do it where they are they insert that little tiny piece of writing and it works. This didn't. Yeah. And yeah. as you stated, this didn't even really try. You just take it on and hopefully they're moving the pace fast enough that you won't really notice and try and have to conjoin the pieces of the brain. Right. And I think the quality of the episode allowed us to forget about a lot of that. Right, right. We didn't there, focus on it too much, but we definitely noticed it. Right, but there is the one specific piece, and the one I, I know I, I do want to bring up and talk about, especially in the bads, is the one incredibly populated, you know, where everybody get, goes to get buried after they die cemetery. Right, because there's only one cemetery in this entire <laughs> place. And... and I, I, if this was I'm small gonna... town Canada, I'd believe that, but it's not. It's not a small town. Yeah. It's a city. We don't know what city, but it's right. a city. Cities have multiple cemeteries. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, again, the simplicity of, well, we'll just call it one cemetery, because if we had to be jumping from cemetery to cemetery, then you can't get everything done in one night. Right. Because the last half of this episode all took place in one night. So if you were going from cemetery to cemetery to try to track things down, I could totally understand how this would, oh, no, we missed them because we went to the wrong cemetery. Well, you can't go to the wrong cemetery because then we can't have our final showdown. Right. And then we don't have a story. Right. So I get it. Again, convenient. So we'll we'll right. make it convenient. Everybody go to the All Saints Everybody, Cemetery right. because that's where everybody goes. Gotcha. Okay. Check. And the the checkbox behavior again, not to not to beat us into the to death, into the ground, but ah, the, ah, the checkbox activity of something like that is really really frustrating, especially inside of an episode that's so good. Yeah, definitely. Far too much whiny impact on Mickey. I was on board with Mickey being freaked out about the coin returning. I'm like, I was oh. freaked out about the coin. I'm like, wow, this is this is nice because we've never really seen any of our teammates impacted by an object that has returned mm -hmm. and has has left a mark upon them, whether whether physically or psychologically. And the beginning of all of this was great. Uh, I, Mickey feeling the post-traumatic stress of, of dying and then being resurrected, yeah, all right, that would mess somebody up. And usually in a, in a show like this, and it didn't happen, like that episode, we watched that episode, we reviewed that episode, and in the very next episode, we don't talk about how Mickey died. And, and I can understand, yeah, we're just not going to talk about it. It happened, but we're just not going to talk about it. Don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, come on, you want to forget about how you were murdered by a cursed object but then brought back by it. Mm -hmm. But now we get a chance to actually see the impact. And that's great. Until she just takes it a little bit too far. And I don't know if it was the performance 
or if it was in the script, or if it was the director, or if it was a combination of all three, it went just a little bit too whiny and and not scared. There's a, there's a piece of the character that's been built for Mickey, mm. and what was given to us inside of this episode did not fit that puzzle, that missing puzzle piece that I expect to have Mickey put into. Mm. Now, there's something you did bring up just as we started talking about this, and it's that all this is one day. Hmm. That that gave me a pause as you were starting to complain about this point, but then I thought to myself, right, well, but that's not Mickey. The, the episode there's itself. There's that initial shock. Yeah. There's the initial shock of, oh my God, it's the coin again. That's the coin that killed me. I get I get all that. I yeah, understand. Yeah, right, exactly. But the character that they've tried and achieved, my opinion, uh, to building over the course of this extra now a total season together mm-hmm. is something more that would be able to take that on differently than what was shown to us. That's kind of what that's kind of how I feel about this is mm. that th- there were a couple of pieces where I'm like I wanted to just go smack her and go are you kidding me? You know, let, let's go get the coin. We have to stop this guy. We have to get the coin. And that's what I was looking for from one of the characters at some point inside the episode. Well, and you get that. Right. Well, I mean, Jack doesn't slap her, right. but Jack does kind of say, hey, <laughs> wait, wake the fuck up, woman. Yeah. yeah. You know, get yeah. get yourself together because right now you're letting the coin win. You're not living. I, I think I just I wanted more of that somehow yeah. inside this episode. Where and then we get the lethargic ending where she overcomes her fears, grabs the shovel, kills zombie Briggs, and reclaims the coin. Yeah, all very therapeutic. Yeah, but there was a lot of whininess that could have definitely been performed different. Mm-hmm. Could have been performed the way that the strong character had been developed so far, and I, I feel it was a disservice to the character. Mm. Are the cops bad or dirty? Discuss. There was a little bit of uh, grayness in this episode when it came to Gorman and Briggs slash Zombie Briggs. Mike, during the writing of the retail, just kept on referring to them as dirty cops because, well, I mean, in the beginning of the episode, they're behaving like dirty cops. But when you look at the context of what they're doing... I made the I made the argument of well I don't think they're dirty because they're not working for the mob they're not working for drug dealers they're stealing money from drug dealers so that they can have a better life instead of living off that pension that they've spent 30 years schlepping around the city for that brought along this conversation and we put it in the bad because it seems like reaching back to as far as you can think where storytelling is concerned well and still and and st- to the, but from back then to this day the corruption of what we think of and what we're supposed to feel is a institution that is set up to protect us the corruption of that seems to be more interesting storytelling or easier storytelling crutch yeah it, it it's a crutch it can it can be a crutch if done poorly and uh, yes we've we've poked fun at police work on this show since since the beginning of this show it's mostly non-existent but it's because it's not about the police procedural part of the show it's about finding the cursed items well and it almost can't i mean one of the aspects of law enforcement slash being inquisitive inside this program is that you can be inquisitive asterisk right right because the instant you start hitting things like hey look a dead animated guy 
okay, well, kind of goes out the window anyway. Mm-hmm. And I, what I love too is we didn't we didn't put it into this episode, but we just got done talking about Zombie Briggs and how Zombie Briggs gets murdered by a shovel, right? But he already got shot in the head. So how how does how would that how would that all get sorted out inside of the discussion when law enforcement would eventually find the dead body of a dead cop again inside of clothes? And none of it, none of it makes any sense at all. No, and that's how the report would. The, the report would say it doesn't make any sense at all. We're right. going to chalk it up to crazy kids. It's a college prank. Those damn lambda 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 boys. Anyway, back to the point here. It's super easy to go. Well, cops have the highest integrity. Period. Paragraph. Except not in this show. <laughs> And they don't. There's all kinds of stuff that is totally against the grain. Some because of the cursed good, asterisk maybe. Yeah. But also some where just some really bad decision making is made. Where it's true that maybe you do have to go through your 20 to 30 years of collecting your time and grade and service for your pension. I hate to break it to everybody, but you can't just go and, hey, can I have the uh, the pension ticket, please, real quick? (laughs) Great. Thank you. Because if you could I think do, I that, deserve everybody more. Would do that, right? And I, I, I even love the the question where you could ask somebody, okay, you are a cop on duty. There is a pile of money that's sitting next to a dead drug dealer. Nobody is watching. Do you take two or three stacks of the bills and put them into one of your associated pockets or a book bag on your on a uh, backpack, and let the discussion ensue? I love the discussion of that. No oh, yeah. I just don't like it when. Just about every time that they show law enforcement, especially inside this show, mm-hmm. it instantly becomes the opportunity to make them dirty or bad. Right. Because what we don't ever see inside this show, ever, with maybe the exception of the duty sergeant inside this episode, we don't see a cop doing their job. <laughs> yep, that's true. They're not uh, really in, doing in their fact, job. In yes. even in this one, hey, look at the duty sergeant allowing Johnny to go and access the terminal. None of that makes any sense. Far too trusting. All right. Anyway, enough browbeating with that that point. Those are the things that we thought were bad inside this episode, but we want to know what you think could use a little bit of polish. Reach out to us over at our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the contact form and tell us what you thought were bad in this episode. It's time to take a break here during the Curious Goods podcast. Our retelling, our review, and educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. We will be right back. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. What comes to mind when you hear the word horror? 
Is it a book you read in the dead of night that creeped you out? Is it the memories of the monsters you were sure lived under your bed? Is it a film filled with blood and gore, all thanks to a crazed killer? Join me, Nicholas J. Hearn, and my guests as we ask the really terrifying question, What scares you? Only on Two Guys Talking Horror. TwoGuysTalkingHorror.com That's TwoGuysTalkingHorror.com Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at VoiceFarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, VoiceFarmers.com. That's VoiceFarmers.com. This is John D. LeMay, and you're listening to the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and an always educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 3, Episode 6. Every time we come back from break, it's time for Nick and I to unveil our manifest moments. Our manifest moments are something inside the episode where we recognize either an actor's portrayal, something that impacted us inside the storytelling of this episode, or something else that trips our collective review night. Fantastic. Nick, what have you got? Well, Mike, my manifest moment for this episode is actually going to be a what-if scenario. Oh, my. I love what-if scenarios. Now, for those of you who have not listened to our interview with Elise Wax covering her book, Curious Goods, the story behind Friday the 13th, the series, do it. Just just pause this one and go and listen to that because it's filled with a lot of information. And some of that information is she's not a fan of Johnny Ventura. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people are because they were so partial to Ryan Dalian. Mm -hmm. Totally get it. Now, me, since I watched the series when I was young and didn't necessarily get like attached to a character. As a matter of fact, I didn't even know that Ryan and Johnny were two different characters. I just thought it was the same character played by two actors. I thought that they pulled a Darren mm, from sure. Bewitched yeah. when I was younger. I didn't I didn't know any better. So to see these episodes now and get a fresh perspective on Johnny I'm not opposed to the character. Mm -hmm. I don't hate Johnny Ventura. I miss Ryan Dalian. Mm -hmm. And that's why I pose the what-if scenario. What if John LeMay had not left the show, but this script was still written? That episode would have then been possibly Ryan resurrecting his father, who sacrificed himself to save Ryan from a cursed object that was going to kill him. Now, that's a very much more complicated relationship with Ryan and his father. Mm -hmm. And even more complicated for the trio 
mm-hmm. because as we all know, you're not supposed to use goods like that. Exactly. However, and they're in if you brought back a dude that was essentially killing himself righteously. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, th- and therein lies another question. Would Ryan even do something like that? Mm-hmm. Most fans would probably say, no, Ryan would never use a cursed object to do anything, no matter how good the intention was. Okay, fine. You have your opinion. But again, this is the what if mm-hmm. scenario. No, I love that. I think or, that's phenomenal. Or let's even let's even add the two characters to it. Let's say Ryan never left, but Johnny is still inserted. So now we've got Johnny and Ryan as characters. Now you've got two characters who have lost their dad. You've got somebody who can relate to the other character. And now you can have that back and forth. I know what you're thinking, Johnny, but but it's not a good idea. You shouldn't do it. Don't do it. Or, you know, Johnny, if I had the if I had the guts, maybe I'd do it too. But I'm I'm too I'm too afraid. I I I don't want to mess with that stuff. I don't know. There's just a lot of things that you could think of in that what if world. What if now 12 or 13 year old Ryan Dalian learns of the powers of the coin and realizes that he could bring back his brother? Oh my god. See, again, there's a there <laughs> we've just we've potentially written like three more episodes <laughs> yeah, for this that. show. And again, that's why I love this show. This show it's when you can tell that the characters and the premise of the show are far more endearing than any one thing you can actually put your finger mm-hmm. on. Yeah, and uh, it, it's it's why this show has me. There's no question. There's no question. I think that that that's a fantastic manifest moment. My manifest moment inside this episode has got to be the question of resurrecting your father. I think I can safely say that were I able to raise my dad and actually ask him, "Hey, dad, would you like to be resurrected from the dead if there was some sort of power made available?" Mm-hmm. And he would say, "Probably not, because more than likely after I'm dead, there was probably something wrong with my body that made me unable to function. And so I would not want to be resurrected only to be put back into a body that is not something that I would want to be in for another insert however many years." Mm, right. Like, what are the rules of the episode for resurrection Ness? Like, does Daddy have to eat? We don't know. They're 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 not they're not covered. They weren't covered in the previous episode. They're not covered in this episode. Right. So. But but see, that's where my brain goes. This doesn't quite descend into. A, and Mike's going to bitch about some more inside this episode. <laughs> uh, but but it is something that I wonder about. And mm-hmm. I think that the first time I started wondering about it was, you're going to club the zombie to death with a shovel. I that doesn't work. I somehow that. Just it didn't work for me. You can't kill somebody by hitting them in the head repeatedly with a blunt object. Well, because if their brain's oozing from the the blunt force trauma of a shovel, okay, but he's also got a bullet hole in the side of his head. That's the that's the whole thing. Is that the the power of the the power of the coin did not quote bring them back to life and hey look I'm a new right right y- you're... It's, they they just reanimated yeah. the body yeah Re- reanimation I think is probably far more appropriate than bringing them back. From the dead. Reanimation is better than resurrection. Yeah. 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 And and that I again I, I don't think I had a problem with it, but it's one of the things that if there was a way to write a one rule, one short couple of sentences of text mm. inside of a script someplace probably could take care of any problem I'm having with it. And it's where I wish they would have. Yeah. Where it can be just something, you know, the power of the coin is tremendous and we don't understand it all. 
and now it's done. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, it's unexplainable. All right, well, explained. Thank right. you. And I, 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 know, I know a bunch of people are going to go, oh, I see. So as long as everything's explained by telling people that it's not explained, then Mike is satisfied. Eh, that's not where we're going with this. My point is that I just wanted a rule. Yeah. Because then you can explain it how to kill things. That's well. That's look at Daddy I Ventura. Going. I mean, for one thing, he was a very fresh-looking corpse for somebody who had been dead <laughs> for at least a year, yeah. if not longer. Yeah. So, so yeah. there's a there's a bad right there. Right. And like, hey, d- Dad, let's go to dinner. Oh, oh, I forgot you don't eat. Right. Oh, and by the way, you smell like you've been in a grave for a year. Yeah. So uh, again, it's it's what does so. the coin actually do? <laughs> Is it just pure reanimation? where there's some cognitive memory of who you were and, hey, I can move my body, and that's about it. Right. And And that's what it seems like. Right. And like, hey, Dad, do you remember when you were murdered? Oh, great. Well, who killed you? Now, we know that because it was part of a centerpiece. Mm -hmm. But what about all those other people that they could reanimate as well who could then find the murderers? Yeah. Yet another vein of, wouldn't it be cool if a semi-righteous cop wanted to use the coin to resurrect dead people Mm -hmm. to find out who murdered them? And to do that, he has to murder criminals. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Is I, I, I there's another episode right I, there. I, I, I wish there were some more rules. The loophole where Mickey is concerned is Mickey was killed by the coin. She did not have anything done to her body. You know, there was no autopsy yet. They stole the corpse out of the morgue before there was any cutting of the body, but anything like that. And then her soul her spirit energy her essence whatever you want to call it was then immediately replaced back into her i think that was the loophole the writers had in that first episode of this is how we can bring back mickey and she's not a zombie because it's still her energy going back into her because haha we tricked the bad guys that's why she wasn't messed up but everybody else that has been reanimated with the power from the coin has been corpses long dead corpses zombie (laughs) so yeah yeah i think i think the rule is if you've got a pretty fresh corpse things could go pretty good for you (laughs) but the the more rotted you are probably you you want to just that's what i'm saying it's like (laughs) you you and i go okay so we finish out here today you know let's go over to denny's and get some meat okay that sounds like a great idea hey how's it johnny hey how's it going who's that over there with you oh this is my dad um, don't mind the smell. You know, I, I, I can pretend not to notice the smell, but the flies, Johnny, <laughs> the flies are a little hard to ignore. They're yeah, crawling all over like, my moons, over my hammy. Yeah, it looks like dad might need some vitamin A. He's looking a little pale there. Mm. Need to do something. Anyway, that is my manifest moment, and I hope it generates some conversation because I love the conversation it generated here. That's where we ask you guys, what was your manifest moment for this episode? Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form. Tell us what you think. Vocabulary. Ah, vocabulary. The words that make Nick and Mike brain go round inside the Curious Goods Podcast. Our first word for this episode is... Reanimation. Reanimation. Who doesn't love a good reanimation? In particular, when no rules are involved. A verb that means give new life or energy to. That's not quite where I was wanting to go with the discussion, but okay. But it is. It, it's exactly what I know happened here. 
new life or energy was given to the dead people from taking it from live people, thanks to the coin. Our second word is... Post-traumatic stress disorder. PTSD is something that's impacted a lot of people over the course of years, and while we can talk about it a lot more nowadays, it was being uncovered back then inside of the late 1980s Mm. from people that either went to war or were in war that needed to be described as something other than shell-shocked. Right. Again, thanks to our friends over at visualthesaurus.com, PTSD, or post-traumatic stress disorder, is described as an anxiety disorder associated with serious traumatic events and characterized by such symptoms as survivor guilt, reliving the trauma in dreams, numbness and lack of involvement with reality, or recurrent thoughts and images. It continues to be something very heartfelt to this day across a number of different things, including a whole bunch of careers that you never would have thought someone would be impacted by post-traumatic stress disorder. The discussion and the psychological involvements of it are incredibly interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, The way that the human body does and will react, as you can imagine, it can be as varied as every episode of this series. Right. And that could be across any one person for any one moment inside their life. And so focusing on something that's so diverse, I love that we get a little whiff of that inside of this. I just know that I would have liked to have seen something different based on her collective experience right. inside of the show. That's where we ask you guys what vocabulary struck you inside this episode. Let us know what you think by going to our website. Again, that's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what words impacted you from this episode. Ah, the rating inside the Curious Goods podcast for this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap. An integrity-filled police officer doing that which is righteous. A 1 is on the bottom of the heap. Zombie pigs. Everything starts at a 7 as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick... There are no Habsies. Nick, what do you got? This episode kept back and forth with me. It was really weird. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'd hit one of those, well, that's awful convenient <laughs> moments. And then it kind of kind of have to pause and go like, well, maybe this isn't going to be such a good episode after all. Because <laughs> that was kind of stupid. Yeah. But then we got right back to some awesomeness. And then, oh, Another nugget of stupid fallen through. <laughs> nugget of stupid. That's a great. nugget of stupid fell through. And because of the few nuggets of stupid that fell into this delicious, moist Toll House cookie, I can only give this episode an eight. I, I can't possibly not agree with the potholes of stupidity that were, that were presented inside of this episode. What I can do, though, is I can take the quality of the first half of the legacy of this episode mm-hmm. that was contained inside of the previous episode right. and chalk that number up a notch. I think I would give this episode a nine. 
And that's where we ask you guys, what did you give this episode? Season three, episode six. Bad Penny. Why don't you give us your two cents by going over to our website over at CuriousKidsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. We usually end the episode here, but, you know, this is a very special episode of the Curious Kids podcast where we're going to add on three extra. I, pi- I no, just, no. Uh, we're just, d- d- Mike, what's going on here? I got, I got things to do. I've got a, a whole case of cocaine I got to deliver to the oh. one cemetery in town to a bunch mm. of zombies. Oh, well. So never- we got to wrap this up. Okay, fine. Until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Cocaine! Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed. Very good. Very good. Except for all your parts. Those were crap. I don't know. I think my parts were pretty damn good. (laughs) They smell like Johnny's father. Stinky. All right. Yeah, hey, Dad, can you put on some new clothes? Oh, sorry. Would have figured death would have, you know, you would have lost a few pounds. Daddy's, (laughs) Johnny's daddy just doesn't have the heart. Sorry. Zombie Briggs is now defecated. Blah. I'm going to poop all over this place. <laughs> uh, poop. <laughs> uh, zombie dump. <laughs> oh, man.